You can join the fight to defend employee-funded and association PACs by texting NABPAC to 52886. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast. This show is brought to you by NABPAC, the National Association of Business Political Action Committees, and I'm your host, Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. The engine of American government is running once again as signature legislation begins to emerge from Congress and land on the president's desk, Adam Belmar. The American Rescue Plan, what most people know as COVID relief, is what has consumed legislators to this point, Michaela. But as we discussed on last week's podcast, the pump is primed. And among the bills on the fast track, campaign finance and election reform legislation. It is, Adam, and the growing national focus on these issues means that our focus here at the Facts About PACs has really never been more important. NABPAC is engaged on a number of fronts on behalf of our membership. Our team is engaged in the halls of Congress, in partnership with other groups, and directly with the amazing professionals that lead the employee-funded and business association PACs. While this new Congress debates new laws that impact our industry, we have the perfect guest today to help put all of this in perspective, Michaela. Dr. David K. Rare is one of the nation's top business advocates, and he teaches advocacy and lobbying at the Shar School of Policy and Government at George Mason University. David was also on the board of NABPAC during his business career, Adam, and is a former PAC manager and understands the history and practice of political engagement by the business community in a way that few others do. And that perspective was hard-earned through David's time as president and CEO of the National Association of Broadcasters, Michaela. He was also president and CEO of the National Beer Wholesalers Association and as a top lobbyist for the National Federation of Independent Businesses. Yeah, Adam, I'm very excited about our conversation with Professor David Rear on what's next for business packs coming up just in a minute. A quick reminder about an important NAPPA activity coming up on Monday. March 15th at 1 p.m., everybody. NABPAC members, there's still time to register for the webinar on corporate transparency in the CPA Zicklin Index. That webinar with Carol Laham and Brandy Zier from Wiley. Coming up on Monday, this program is getting a lot of attention, Michaela, and everybody's ticket is just to click away. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. Thanks so much, Adam. And away we go for our discussion about the future of employee-funded and business association PACs with Professor David Rear from George Mason University. Welcome to the podcast, David. Thanks for having me on today. So I want to start with one high-level question, David. Are business PACs still important today and why? I think they're especially important today because there's so much information clutter coming to the halls of Congress by so many different advocacy groups that it's important that members of Congress, all elected officials, really understand businesses and what their needs are and what kind of policy preferences the government should make to make sure that the businesses are successful and are competitive and can employ people and can lead to people having good careers and quality of life. 
I agree with you, David, and I'm glad to hear from your perch at George Mason University that that is what you're seeing even today. You made that move from being a business leader to an educator, and in so many ways, it seems that both of those jobs are at the heart of every employee funded an association PAC. How do you describe the importance of educating policymakers about business, and why is it becoming even more important than it was in decades past, David? Well, first off, we've seen this explosion of information. I mean, I was a former congressional staffer many years, many, many years ago, and we didn't really get a lot of emails. We got some letters. Constituents weren't as engaged as they are today. I just talked to a former student of mine some weeks ago who works on the Hill now and says during COVID-19 especially, it's not odd that person gets more than 800 emails a day from constituents and lobbyists and interest groups. And I mean, you couldn't really respond to all those requests in one given day, let alone do anything else that you're supposed to do for Congress, following legislation, writing dear colleague letters, drafting legislation, reviewing what's on the floor, et cetera. So I think there's an explosion of information like we see in our world all around us. I think secondly, it's really important that we return to the personal touch. Now, that's hard during COVID-19, of course. People are thinking about ways to work around it. And this is where the employees of business packs really become important. They often know the members of Congress. They might go to a church or synagogue with members of Congress. They may be in the same schools as their members of Congress children. And it gives them an opportunity in a non-political way to mention whatever issues they care about or to have a constructive dialogue because the member of Congress knows they're authentic and knows that they're going to tell them the truth. Several years ago, I did a study on what members of Congress do before they come to Congress. And I found that historically, the greatest number come from state legislatures. And that's good because they understand how state legislatures work. But if you run a mom and pop business on the corner, your experience affects how you think about issues. And I think it's really important that as we see these kind of professionals, they stay in Congress longer. They run for state house. They then go to Congress. They run for the Senate. But you get siloed in your experiences. And we need to be sure that people are not so siloed that they don't forget the important roles and what done every day in the millions of businesses across this country, which employ people, generate income tax and revenue for the government, and make everyone's life a better quality. David, the pause in giving after the events of January 6th have certainly sent shockwaves through the campaign fundraising space. Curious what your take on the posture of corporations and their political giving is right now. Well, I think they're nervous. And I think they should continue to give and be as aggressive or more aggressive in the future. But they're nervous, particularly their CEOs are nervous, or their senior management people are nervous because they're witnessing this kind of mob mentality by many people who are trying to seek retribution on them by being their consumers or giving up on their consumers of products and services and basically threatening companies that if you're involved in politics and you don't agree with us, we will destroy you. That makes the companies nervous. We haven't figured out how to get through that yet, although though I think it's gradually exaggerated. We see these high profile cases pushed in the media, but we've also seen a couple of cases where during the campaigns, companies have really stood up uh, and have been good and have followed their economic rules of their business and have been involved in politics to elect people who are pro-business, pro-their business, and they've done well. So this mob mentality, I think, is maybe overstated, but we have to confront it. 
because it's going to unfortunately continue to be with us. Given your background and this environment that we're in, what would you tell our listeners right now on the top three must-dos for the business pack community? One would be be transparent with your employees and everyone that you know and everyone that you work with. Number two, I think it's really important not to be defensive in the public. People can tell if you're defensive or not. And if you're defensive, they're going to think you did something wrong. Every contribution that we ever had given in all my association work, PAC work, we never were defensive about the contributions. David, why did you give the contribution? We had a questionnaire that was filled out generally. We had a voting record that we used. We had interviews. We had a professional way to evaluate people. And it was always a little subjective because you can never eliminate your own personal bias 100%. But maybe we eliminated the bias 95% and we use this subjective standard so we weren't defensive. And I think number three, you have to constantly communicate with your people. And I know NABPAC has been great at that and has preached that for a long time. A lot of business PACs and corporations and associations practice that well. But I think we almost have to over-communicate the importance of PACs and why we're doing this and why it's important, not only to the business community, but frankly, and personally, I think it's important to the country. Even as we look without being defensive at what we've done in the past, it is correct to be able to recalibrate and figure out on a going forward basis that you might have a good business case for a contribution and suddenly you might also need to pull back in some places where you've given before. Is this the right thing for folks to be doing, to be constantly reassessing? Isn't that really what PACs should always be doing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, life is about change. We are always changing. Maybe your giving criteria changes, but you need to fundamentally remember why you're in existence. You're in existence because of the economics of it. Your business has to thrive and be more successful. So you have to factor that in as maybe like the top tier and add in all the other things which are non-business, non-economic oriented, but lead to a better quality of life. It seems like your experience, David, has been that when done properly, the use of an employee-funded PAC, association pack, can be a morale boost for membership and for employees. Right. I would say that the money is important, one, but secondly, the employee engagement and involvement is even better and more important. Let me tell you why. First, we're facing elections in this country that are getting closer and closer and closer. People who are for candidate AR organizing, people who are for candidate BR organizing. And we just noticed in this last election in Iowa, a member of Congress won by two votes. Another member of Congress in New York won by, I think, 100 votes out of 358,000 cast or something. So let's say you're in those districts, you have an employee engagement and activation plan, you educate their employees, you urge them to vote, and they go vote. They go home that night, they say, that was good, that was important. And they turned out that their candidate wins by two. And they say, I took myself, my spouse, and my 18-year-old son in high school for the first time, and we voted today. We may have been the difference. And they will never not vote again, and they will never not participate again, because they've experienced the power of engagement and involvement. And I think that's super important. But I think it's easy for people to be cynical and just turn it off. 
but through the engagement involvement operations that many of NAPAC's corporate and association members are involved in are giving them hope for the country and for the future and for their business and for their livelihood and for their families. And I think that's all very, very positive. And I would encourage people to do more of that. Well, and just getting to that point, David, on employee engagement, we've seen more recently many companies are beginning to move more in the direction of implementing a PAC match program. I think adding a charitable component to employees' involvement and supporting the PAC isn't necessarily new, but it's gathering momentum. How important is this trend and how do you see it growing during the cycle? Well, I think the trend, as you said, Michaela, is growing. I mean, it existed 15, I don't want to date myself, but existing 15, 15 years ago when I was at NABPAC and we had, I believe we had an employee match contribution program. We did have one at the beer wholesalers years and years ago. But I think it's recognizing that you, do, you need to do more when you ask people for money than just say, the company's involved, your job is on the line, we need your money. I think it's better and easier to get support from people who aren't all that politically involved, probably, to say, and if you do, we will do something which you really value. You know, you might support the Diabetes Association, you may support a local synagogue, you might support a high school, and you'll be like, I feel good about supporting the PAC because it's helping the business and it's helping me, but it's also doing something really good for our community for the country, I might be helping save lives for people. And that's all an addition to that PAC dollar. So I think that's really important. I think it's going to continue to grow. Now, unfortunately, our adversaries, and I mean that in the big people who don't like business PACs category, just say, well, you're only doing this because you want to hide the fact that you're giving money. And I don't think that's correct. I think the correct answer is that we're doing that because most Americans are generous people who want to be engaged and they want to support our company. And they also want to see that their local support and their local charities are being supported as well. And this is another way that they can touch them. David Rare, a NAPAC veteran hand, a distinguished business leader in Washington, and a scholar helping to educate the political professionals of tomorrow. Thank you so much for your time and insights today. Well, thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone listening and sharing the Facts About PACs podcast. We will be back with a new episode next week when we'll speak with Professor Michael Barber from Brigham Young University. Until then, stay safe, stay engaged, and keep moving forward.